The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I am Christoph Defoe, and uh, you know we're going to see how this goes, and I'm looking forward to the chat. And I'm Sean Prophet, and this is our first go round at a sort of a, of a new uh, show format that we're planning to do in the uh, age of coronavirus, where we can talk to each other online and uh, discuss some of these ideas, particularly having to do with uh, race, culture, and religion. That seems, and, and the law, of course. That's those are our major topics. So um, I like that, Sean. I like that. Welcome to the show, everybody. So, uh, Christoph, what? What do you think about this whole situation with the uh, firing of the uh, New York U.S. attorney? Sure. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, I think, I, I think and, and we were talking a little bit about this earlier. I mean, this is, I think, just another one of the planks of, uh, you know, in the sort of edifice of, 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 of fashion, of authoritarianism, right? I mean, this is, um, this is authoritarianism 101. We don't even have to look to the far past to see this. I mean, we can look at Turkey. Um, uh, we can look, uh, look at Brazil. Um, we, I mean, we can look at all these places and see the Philippines, right? I mean, this is not new, right? This is what happened. Attack the media, attack the, media, attack the, the courts, you know, uh, attack elections, um, you know, accuse your opponents. Violence, of- violent opponents um, and get everyone on the get. And like you, you, you've said this before, get everyone on the take, right? So, so that everyone below you is uh, anyone that might be able to confront you, anyone who might be able to hold you to account is, is, is that the goal is to corrupt them, right? So that they are now part of your system and, 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 and right. And, and, and they, and, and now you've made, you've created an incentive where, they have little incentive to 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 to, uh, to to question what you're what you're doing because right because now they are on the take also right so if they if, if they, it, it's an indictment of them if they confront you expand the gravy train to the point where you know people's careers people's uh, political careers and and financial careers are dependent on the loyalty aspect exactly of exactly and loyalty that's the key right there right that's the key and, 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 and i mean and, and and trump makes no no bones about this right like i mean it, it's not like it's pretend it's not like he's like sneaking around i mean it's happening like in it's a slow motion car wreck happening right in front of our eyes i mean everyone knows that this man this man is about loyalty and so uh, so getting back to i think to the, the the particular situation here right i mean and you mentioned this earlier that we're talking about a trump appointee here um, yeah, and Berman is a Berman is, is a is a Trump appointee who was sent in to uh, kind of clean up the, the mess that uh, uh, Trump was facing with Preet Bharara, who was the, his predecessor, uh, who was being very aggressive towards enforcing the law and towards a lot of Trump cronies. Uh, and so they brought in Berman, and now he's doing his job, and he's being accused and removed for being too aggressive at enforcing the law, which is his job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And you know, this is interesting. This is, I, I just thought about this now, but you know, the great, like one of the, one of the values of having, um, we can, or we can talk a lot about the value of uh, lifetime appointments for judgeships, but yeah. one of the reasons why there's value there. Um, and we talk about this a lot in law school, right. Is, is, is that right. Because we're talking about the, the Supreme court rulings that came out this week. One of them was purely, purely procedural. Right. And that was the DACA one. And so they basically in the in opinion, laid out the framework by which the 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 um, 
the administration could do it right. So like we, we the, the, we've bought ourselves some time, but that's all that's happened, right? We just well, bought ourselves. Though, I still think that with the DACA ruling that, um, that I think John Roberts is, uh, he's no dummy and he's putting uh, Trump on notice that, you know, we're not gonna rubber stamp you anymore. And I think that uh, it may be more than procedural, it's hard to tell, but yeah. um, you know, it's like what, what I think is going on is that the, uh, the, the DACA recipients who are here in this country um, have have a constituency of their own. You know, they have they're enrolled in universities. They have jobs. You know, employers have spent money training them. Uh, all of those things. And so the the Supreme Court is understanding that you know because the Supreme Court people think they're just this legal body, but they're actually very responsive to politics and culture. And they're looking at it. You know, in the same way that with the with the other decision about LGBT employment law, right? And that was I mean, the big one. Yeah, yeah. So it's like with the and not the DACA was small, but. Well, it's 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 huge. And I think that um, you get to a point where no matter how ideological the court becomes, you know, unless they're unless they're just total cronies, unless they were all like Kavanaugh and uh, uh, Clarence Thomas, basically. And, and right, right. you have those three clones as all nine justices. You might start to see some real uh, hardcore rulings, you know, that would be that would be fascist. But, you know, the rest of them are still sane enough to look at the consequences of that, uh, that such a ruling would have. Absolutely. And, 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 and you know, and, and, uh, and this is I think this is really important. And, and I think that in the in the public imagination, um, Supreme Court justices are liberal, they're conservative. And they're so they're like sort of right, like they will always rule X on this way. They'll always rule that way. But at the end of the day, these are jurists. Right. And they are among the smartest people. They are the smartest people in the law. Right. Whether or not I agree with them. Right. I mean, like like think about uh, uh, Scalia, right? I agree. I disagree with almost every word that man wrote, but he was, but he was also brilliant, and that's just that's just true, right? So these yeah. are not hacks. Now, whether or not you want to make that argument with like Kavanaugh or et cetera, right. like that's a different question. But like some of the judges that have been on before, and like so, what I think is fascinating is that a guy like John Roberts, a person who judge who who I believe was on the federal circuit. Uh, in, D- in D.C., which is like probably the most respected circuit, maybe, maybe next to like the second circuit, right? So um, this guy takes his job seriously, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and so he is looking at the cultural landscape, et cetera, but, um, but he also doesn't want to come off as a hack. I mean, this guy, I think, is thinking about his legacy, right? He's thinking about what he looks like. And by the way, he's probably taking the fact that he is the chief justice. He's probably taking that kind of seriously. Like, maybe I should okay. not let this institution fall apart under me, you know? Right. Well, and, and, and what you were to your point before that you were saying about, uh, you know, whether it's Clarence Thomas or Scalia or these the, the people who are the textualist originalists. Right. Sure. They are extremely good at justifying with good reasoning, you know, what those texts meant when they were written. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they're self-serving interpretations. Right. Because they absolutely they, they don't they're not acknowledging the fact that when those texts were written, a lot of the problems that we're facing today didn't exist. They, didn't even, they weren't even conceived of. So. You know, you can't, you know, it's hard to be an honest textual originalist. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, and we, you know, we, we, we both, we, we both talked about, we recently talked about the, uh, that book, uh, the reactionary mind. Right. And, 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 and I can see that in these, and, and, you know, I, when I was in law school and reading a lot of cases, a lot all the time, right. Like these old cases, I didn't, and especially from Scalia, cause you read a lot of those in law school. Um, you know, I, I didn't, fully uh, sort of grasp the, I didn't understand the sort of reactionary mind 
you know, conservative concept. But and, and for those who are watching, basically, the idea is that, you know, conservatism is essentially an exercise in justifying power almost retroactively. Right. It's a reactive. It's a reactive uh, sort of philosophy, or even specifically, specifically the existing hierarchy that that holds, you know, like during the founding of the country, uh, it was all based on uh, property ownership and uh, being white. So at that time, that was the top of the hierarchy. So the law was written entirely. It excluded women. It excluded, I mean, the slaves were counted uh, for representation purposes, but they couldn't vote. So, you know, the three-fifths compromise, all that stuff, right? Sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, but that hierarchy was just built into the Constitution. You know, still Absolutely. Point. Even the idea of a republic versus a democracy is a, is a justification of hierarchy, Right. Absolutely. And, and right. And, and right. And, 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 the, and, the, and the sort of in the electoral college, all that the idea that like the 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 masses, the mob and anyone who is not white and powerful and, and well born. Right. Just just lacks the capacity to sort of speak for themselves. Right. They cannot be trusted to speak for themselves. And so and the, the reactionary the trust key, because because uh, if, if you trusted uh, the people to actually make decisions, then you wouldn't need to appoint representatives who could overrule the people, which is basically what uh, senators, uh, elector, senators, by the way, who were appointed in the beginning, they weren't even elected. Exactly, exactly. And then then electors who are, who are essentially appointed uh, based on, you know, who votes in their state for the presidential candidate. These, these are people who, you know, at at many points, you know, now they're considered to be bound to, uh, to, to honor the popular vote in their state. But there's even a Supreme Court case about that, whether they're going to allow these electors to sort of overrule the people. This, that, that, yeah. that a conservative ruling in favor of that would be ruling in favor of hierarchy. Like these people are special. They can overrule the masses. Like you're talking absolutely, absolutely, and 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 this sort of gets to the nub of the, the fundamentals of conservatism. And I just want to close the loop on the Supreme Court, and that is right when reading these sort of textualist uh, interpretations. Um, first of all, the idea that they're not activist judges is fucking bullshit. Like, of course they're activist judges. They are as active activists as they come. I mean, right? This, the, the Second Amendment is like the Scalia's interpretation of the Second Amendment is the classic example of that. I mean, it is as activist as you come. It's like, and, and again, it is always it basically conservative brilliance it seems certainly on the court yeah. is the way its ability to as you say sort of justify the reactionary like like, like being brilliant at like crafting well, ways to justify reaction to, to progress like to reactiveness to progress like that's it it's very similar to the whole concept of states rights right like i mean uh states rights activist judges all of those things that the conservatives are are absolutely um you know, like you, you can't talk to them for five minutes without hearing, you know, states' rights and activist rights. Right? So, <laughs> exactly. But but when it comes to when it comes time when a state wants to do something that they don't like, then then they just ignore. They forget anything about states' rights. And the same thing drives me. <laughs> it's the same thing, like you know, like like they would never consider. Uh, uh, they would never admit for a second that uh, Clarence Thomas was uh, uh, or Scalia were activist judges. But in exactly. fact, they are activists in the sense of of that they are committed to the premise of, of, of reinforcing the hierarchy. Uh, exactly. They are as activists as any other liberal judge, like activists as hell. And this gets into, right, how the, the we, and this is also in the reactionary mind, right, how conservatives co-opt liberal strategies, right, for, 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 for their 
Uh, Saul Alinsky right. is, 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 is a Bible now in right-wing activism, you know, and, and the exactly. left, exactly. Exactly. All about it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, and here we are. I mean, it's just like this ironic circle. And I, and back to the state's rights thing for a second is my favorite is that you have. So let's say, you know, uh, we are in North Carolina and Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina, decides that, look, we want, because, you know, cities are bastions of liberalism, even in the South, relatively speaking. So let's say they say, like, hey, look, uh, we want to raise a minimum wage to $15 an hour here in Raleigh, right? We're like, we can't speak for the rest of North Carolina, after all. Like, we're just a city. Right, for our businesses in our city, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, right? And so what, the, what, what conservative uh, uh, legislators have done in states like that is that they have preempted those states' laws. So they write state those 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 city laws. So they write state laws that say no city can raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars. So now the, the, your states' rights argument falls apart right there, right? Because the right. states' well, right argument, the, the states' rights argument is that like like local people should make their own laws, right? Like that's the states' rights argument, not someone over there in the fed, but like, but it all falls apart. But, but, but when it comes to a liberal city, oh, no, 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 no. Don't let them make their rules. We get to make those. It's being, again, we don't have to talk about I have a name for this. On the right. I have a name for this. It's called uh, jurisdictional arbitrage, right? Whatever, whatever your, whatever, you know, wherever you're in power, that's the jurisdiction you favor at that exactly. time. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. if you're in power in the city, you favor the city. If you're in power in the state, favor the state. If you're in power federal, you favor the federal. And, so and true. If, if the opposition is in power, then you're against it. And, and they and exactly. they play this game over and over and over and over again at every level, on every level, and then and 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 it just like there's a bottomless pit of bad faith, and 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 in the and like and the right and on the left, one of our greatest failing on the left and the people in power, especially through the 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 90s and the early 2000s, was this idea that we were playing the same game, like that we were playing the same game yeah, as the fair play, fair right? play. That, that's that fair play, right? We're all playing by the same rules. That assumption killed us. And we now know that we are in a knife fight in a fucking phone booth. Like that is what we are for, for, for democracy, for literally. Oh, for yeah. Democracy. Oh, yeah, right now. And, and, and this situation that's going on, I mean, it's as serious as a heart attack. I mean, that, that, uh, uh, you know, Berman was someone who had, Perfect. he's, 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 you know, he's going after Giuliani, you know, he's going after all these associates uh, of, of Trump, you know, and a lot of harmful information can come out of that. And exactly. they're trying to set it up for the campaign right now. They don't want that. They don't want anybody under indictment. They don't want, you know, harmful information coming out right now, especially, I mean, if you've got Bolton's book, which by the way, I thought was hilarious that uh, he did not get his, uh, you know, that Trump did not get his uh, uh, preliminary injunction about the book. Yeah, so I was like, yes, finally, thank <laughs> God. You know, well, like what? I mean, a little late CNN, all the media, everybody had the book already. So it's kind of, yeah, 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 exactly. So whatever. Like, <laughs> Everyone, had, like, like everyone, all those people already read the book, you know, or after the, they've had their staffers read the book and they've read the summaries already, right? You know, um. well, the funniest part about it is also, you know, because he's claiming the book is at the same time, it's all lies, but then it's classified. You can't have a yeah, classified yeah. lie. How do you do that? You know, <laughs> what is, like, is it or is it not, right? You know, <laughs> but this is interesting because we just pointed out, you know, we've pointed out now about five examples of hypocrisy, you know, the, the, the textualism versus judicial activism, the you know, right. it's rights issue. 
Now we're talking about, you know, the ability to classify information. You know, it's, uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on. On and on and on. And like, how about the email server, right? Like, right. Like, I think there was, uh, like, I think, uh, like a lot of people in the sort of Trump circle uh, were like, this was, this was, I don't know, like however many news cycles ago. And one of these things that would have been a scandal under normal circumstances, but because there's a scandal every fucking week, you, you know, it's just like, okay, well, you know, but, uh, but it, it, I think it was Ivanka, maybe Ivanka Trump. She was using a private email server. Da, 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 and it's just using, like, they're all using, private. you know, Trump uses his own cell phone. He doesn't even use a government uh, uh, protected cell phone. So his, basically his conversations, everything he does, you know, it's an open book to all of our adversaries in the world. It's just all unbelievable. And, 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 and again, like, but her emails, right? Like, but her emails, but her emails, like what? <laughs> they seize on one little thing, you know, like they, they seize on things that aren't even really an issue, you know, that, that just shouldn't be an issue at all. Or they should at very least be a bipartisan issue. Like, you know, how can we make yeah. our more secure? All right. Exactly. And exactly. Then, you know, and then it's like, well, okay, Hillary Clinton used this private email server. Well, what are we going to do to prevent that from happening in the future? Nothing. Nothing, because as soon as it comes in, you know, Ivanka's doing it, Jared's doing it, they're all doing it. Right, right. Uh, even, you know, I think, I think uh, during the impeachment hearings, there was examples of all sorts of people using their own phones. Yes, and, and yes. Exactly. Open that's probably what I'm thinking. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking um, about, because I remember it being a long time ago, but I remember like this coming up and it not even being news. And just like, are you serious? I mean, come on, we had a whole election based on this idea. You know, we lost an election based on this you know and serious not to mention not to mention any of the accusations of 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 cronyism and uh, uh nepotism and uh all of the the emoluments things absolutely know, like, just goes on and on like on and on this <laughs> most corrupt administration that has ever existed in the united states yes absolutely absolutely i mean it has to be it has to be and 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 and, and the, the the sort of plain sight of it is what's so appalling and perhaps why it's so, so, you know, I always used to say like, if you want to get away with something, do it in like absolute plain sight. Right. Because right. no one's looking in plain sight. Like, right. and I, I mean, you know, just act like you're doing nothing. Right. Just act like you're just doing what you would anyway, everyone is doing and you can get away with it. And that's almost what this administration has been. Right. Like Nixon was, uh, you know, like they go out of their way to hide it, to, you know, cover ups, da, 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 da. And maybe there are cover ups going on. I'm sure there are to some extent. But well, you recall, you recall when uh, when, you know, Trump got on TV and literally just admitted flat out that there was a quid pro quo. Right. He just yeah, admitted it. Straight and, up. and then, you know, later on, they're like walking back saying, no, that didn't happen. But it's right, just, right. They, they literally every at every point in this, they admit exactly what they're doing. You know, even exactly. Even when Trump said, hey, if we let everybody vote, Republicans would never win again. I mean, he's like, say the quiet part out loud, you know, you can't say that out loud. You're not supposed to say that part out loud. Right. I mean, you're not supposed to say that part out loud. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. So it's hard to say what's, you know, I don't know. I don't know like where this ends. Right. Like how, how do the Democrats ever get, you know, back control of anything? Because, you know, we can't, you know, we can't have a, can't have a decent trial. if The judges are corrupted. You can't, you know, you can't impeach somebody if the Senate's corrupt. You can't, you know, like the, no part of our of our system of laws is really working right now. Yeah, it, it, and that's right, and that's right, and that's what I think terrifying. And and uh, you know, and I think this is what goes under the radar uh, with some of the uh, the both hashtag both sides folks um, who obviously drive me 
uh, off the wall. Um, but uh, this idea that like, oh, you're all a bunch of bums, right? Like the Democrats, Republicans are all a bunch of bums. So, um, but really, um, they're like, and, and maybe they are, but, but they're- well, but that's the laziest, that is the laziest interpretation of facts so right now. Lazy. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world to say. And it means that you don't have to engage with any issue. You don't have to actually look at what's happening. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to even read the news. You don't have to keep up on anything. It's just exactly at any point in history. If you want to say, oh, both sides are the same uh, or both sides are at fault. You know, that that just gets you off the hook. It puts you sort of above it all. It uh, gives you less of an incentive to vote, less of an incentive to in, to be engaged and less of an incentive to even examine your own ethics. Right. Because you're, right. Not, you're, you're kind of separating yourself from the fray. And, and I think that's the rub, the last piece that you just said there. I mean, like all of what you said is true, but I think the, like what you just said at the end there was the rub. And that is not having to examine oneself, one's own ethics, how one operates in the world, how one benefits from privilege, how one, uh, you know, uh, 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 hurts other people without thinking and without caring. Like these are the things that people, and this is, this is like, this is a both sides problem actually, um, but it's way worse on the right. Um, and, and that is that folks unwilling to take, ask, your, ask themselves those hard questions, right? Like we've talked about this a lot in terms of, you know, living in an examined life, um, whatever you want to call it, developing a, a philosophy of life, uh, right? Like uh, um, uh, investigating oneself, I think, is something that people would much rather not have to do. And, um, and, and, and just saying they're all a bunch of bums is, probably, is the, one of the easiest ways to get yourself off the hook. One of the easiest well, ways I to get yourself off the hook. Yeah. And, and, and what you're saying is like, to your point, um, a committed conservative, right? Uh, even, okay, forget, you know, traditional versus Trump conservatives. Okay. Whatever flavor you are, whatever flavor you are, if you've committed yourself to this premise that the, that the powerful should rule that, you know, mm-hmm. that it's okay to take bribes, whatever the thing is, you know, you're, uh, that, that, that you're, you're not really serving the public, that you're serving yourself and your cronies, you know, in government. Uh, if you've taken that position, at least you're honest about it, right? You're not going to sit there and say, you're not you know, honest with yourself. You know, a lot of these guys, they, they know what the game is. They understand that, you know, that they've, they've signed on to a, a power proposition rather than a democratic proposition. And that's their, that's where they stand. And then you've got the liberals, you know, who think that, you know, there actually should be public service. There should be justice, that there should be equality, that the powerful should have to account for themselves and all those things. Right. So both those both those people are, are pretty committed to their premises and they've thought them through. But then you've got this giant area in the middle of you and know, that's most people, the, the independents or the people who just don't follow politics or they, you know, uh, or, or whatever. And those are the people who, you know, it's, that's why this argument uh, becomes so dangerous, because it allows these people to kind of like not be in either camp. Uh, and, and, and through their inaction, they actually help. Uh, the conservatives, because it's it's much Always. easier to break the system. It's much easier to corrupt the system than it is to establish accountability. Accountability requires controlling thousands of moving parts. Uh, it, it requires, you know, making sure that, you know, that nobody is corrupted. And that, you know, it, 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 that system is only as strong as the weakest link, right? If you've got, you know, one person in the chain who's corrupted, they can start protecting other people in the chain who are corrupt. It just goes on and on and on. So, in order for liberals to win and have uh, a government based on public service and accountability, they have to win every day with everyone. Whereas mm-hmm. conservatives just monkey wrench one yep. at a time, one office at a time. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, you know, I just, I, I think that it's both sides 
always favors the oppressor and never absolutely 100%, 100%. And, 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 and that is so critical, right? Because, uh, right. And, uh, it is the silence, right. They right silence is it like benefits the oppressor. That's another one of those sort of cliches that flies around, right? Like, uh, uh, silence is complicity, right? Like all these sort of things. And, 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 uh, and, and like, and I'm glad to see, people starting to get off the bench um, with this George Floyd uh, and the sort of ensuing several uh, weeks uh, people that are typically on the bench, um, even people who are, you know, uh, relatively liberal, right. Lean liberal, um, but are just basically most of the time checked out because it's a lot easier to just be checked out. You don't have to wrestle with They're the conflict hard first, right. They don't want, they don't want this, this, this battle, you know, they don't like, you know, everybody gets upset when they start seeing violence or or people upset. You know, it's like we should all love each other. Well, oh yeah. god, the, oh, the, the love all. Oh my god, right? Oh, the the wings or the the wing, the, the the left and the right are the wings on the same bird, right? Like the, all that, like all that stuff. I mean, it's just like it, it, it's just again justification for that for inaction, for just for like, oh no, you know, all lives matter, right? Uh, right, like, right, like, right, I mean, it's all that in that same ilk of let's not address the issue, let's just ignore it. And again, and again it, it, it's steeped in privilege because, right, because like by virtue of being in the middle of that sort of bell curve, right, it almost necessarily means that you don't have to worry about it, right? You're not at the margins, right? And so- yeah, and this is, yeah, this is really what we have to start getting people to be concerned about is the rule of law. And it's a great segue from, from what we we were talking about because the whole reason everybody is in the street, you know, and has been for several weeks is because the rule of law failed. Exactly. It failed the most basic level on the street with police who are supposed to be upholding the rule of law and they did not follow their own rules and, their, and they did not follow the laws of the land. So exactly. you saw this nine minute horror film, you know, mm-hmm. snuff film basically of a cop mm-hmm. snuffing out this man's life, you know, and he's mm-hmm. now become a global hero and martyr as a result of this. But the real problem is so much more widespread. You know, it's just, this is just the tip of the iceberg with this whole it thing. Really is. It is, it is the breakdown of, uh, you know, again, with cops of the rule of law, because, you know, the, the structures of accountability that could prevent this, you know, have been long, long ago uh, quashed by the police unions who really should, they should only be uh, negotiating on behalf of cops in terms of benefits, retirement plans, you know, things like that. Instead, they've become a legal, basically uh, a, a sort of, quasi-legal advocate for police who are accused of wrongdoing and getting them reinstated. And absolutely. So it's a culture, it's a whole culture of it, you know, and so we're seeing it, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's at the Supreme court uh, level or whether it's at, at the level of, of, of New York, What'd you say? What'd you, what's what's his actual title? What's Berman's title? Uh, his uh, he is the uh, Attorney General. Uh, wait, no, wait, no. He was just an AUSA. He was an assistant uh, a, a, a US, U.S. attorney for uh, for Manhattan. So, uh, okay. so, head, so attorney for, for head, head, head federal attorney in the borough of Manhattan. Right. So he's been prevented from doing his job, you know, by the Justice Department, who also, by the way, is in charge of all the regulations that, you know, that trickle down to police departments throughout the country. Exactly. Right. Exactly. This all actually lands at the Justice Department with William Barr and then ultimately with President Trump, because, you know, Trump is, is essentially attacking and destroying the rule of law from top to bottom. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and uh, you know, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm baffled, uh, or I would be if I, if I didn't know 
what all the things that we've talked about um, and all the things that we both write about and, and talk about um, online, it, it, you know, just about human nature, right? Uh, you know, I, I remember as a young person, uh, as a young person in high school, you know, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around a lot of things, but not the, not the least of which was how do a bunch of entire country, Germans, right? How does an entire country turn a blind eye and how does an entire country get enveloped by fascism? Like, how does that happen? Like, it seems so baffling to me, but I do, but, but it, now it's obvious to me, right? Because people are conflict averse. So ra- like, just like you were saying earlier. It's the core. Conflict aversion is the core of how fascism takes over a country. That's the nub of it, right? That's the nub of it. Because if enough people are not willing to stand up and say, no, I'm not okay with this, or not willing to essentially be corrupted, right? We keep talking about corruption, right? Because it's all about corrupting one person, then corrupting another person, and then another. And that's how it spreads. And next thing you know, it only takes one fascist to corrupt an entire neighborhood, right? It only takes one fucking fascist to do the entire neighborhood, because then... Everyone's like, yeah, well, I don't want to say X, Y, and Z because of that person over there, the fascist over there. He's going to tell on me, right? So then I, then I start, right? I start now telling on people too, right? Because if I don't, you know, and then next thing you know, you got an entire neighborhood and then an entire nation, right? Sort of enveloped in this cloud of, of suspicion and paranoia and, 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 and again, it's all, and it's all about like, well, I don't want my family to get hurt. You know, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to go to the gulag either. Like, I get it. I don't want to go to the gulag either. But this is why it's important to nip fascism in the bud before we even get to that place, right? Because well, and this otherwise, is people also is that it would be one thing if everybody was really concerned about their families and families were together on this, but they're not. Families right. are, are many times really split on the on these issues, you know. And you have you, Trumpism has has driven a stake you know, into American families. I mean, there are so right. many people who, you know, they just can't, can't even have Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, I mean, even pre-COVID, they couldn't have Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, because right, right. of the toxic nature of, you know, you get one fascist at the table, right? And now all of a sudden, you know, everybody's having to figure out, do I confront this guy? Do I walk away? Uh, what do I do here? You know, do I, you know, is this, uh, and, and they often choose uh, family harmony over ethics. That and that is so important. That's so important. It's so so important. And this is why, when I when when people ask me, you know, especially in the wake of all this stuff, right? And we can tell we we should talk about some uh, talk about race um, a little bit more deeply later. But um, you know, people have asked me uh, as for, for I have a lot. Most people I know are white, right? I mean, I grew up in that environment, right? So. Um, you know, so, and, and, and they're generally progressives, right? Um, uh, I certainly don't have a lot of conservatives in my life. And so people ask me like, oh, you know, you know, what can I do? I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, how can I be an activist? And, and I, yeah, read White Fragility, right? Read the books, right? Read How to Be an Anti-Race. I think that's important. But I think the biggest thing, and maybe, it, and, and maybe this is like covered in, 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 in the book, but, but it is that confronting, being willing to stand up and confront your family members. Like, I think that is like, like, right. And it doesn't mean you have to have a, have a knockdown drag out fight, but it does mean that like, it's being like, no, actually I am not going to be a safe spot, space, safe space for your bigotry. Right. Like, no, like if you, the, the, the thing of the problem with, with, with families is that a lot of these people on the right, they actually believe that they're ethical. They actually Mm -hmm. believe they have, they have a whole series of justifications as to why they want to have, you know, ethnic nationalism, for example. 
you know, or, or why, you know, whites are superior or all these other horribly unscientific things. But if you believed all of those things, then what, then they might have an ethical uh, stance, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I still like, I could argue all of those all the way on down the line, but still, you, know, you can figure that there's, at some point they could make a stand and say that they were actually not bigots and they were not evil and they were, you know, that they were, they had a, a right to, to hold that opinion, right? And, sure, sure. and that you should not, you know, d- uh, dismiss them. But, but in, in, in point of fact, um, justice does not, is not subject to those, uh, those arguments, right? I mean, y- y- you know, you can't, if somebody is openly advocating for injustice, you know, right. they have to, then they have to back it up with uh, things like white supremacy and, you know, scientific racism, the, the, the idea sure, sure. That, that, you know, eugenics even, you know, going back to mm-hmm. eugenics. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you, if, you know, this is, this is where you get down to, and a, and a lot of people aren't that sophisticated. They will sure. just, they will just, you know, openly, uh, you know, say and do racist things. You know, they, 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 you know, the whole idea of, you know, he shouldn't have resisted. Uh, you know, if, if, if you don't, if you don't commit a crime, you don't have to worry about being shot. You know, all of those just justifications, they don't get far into the hardcore right wing, you know, Nazi uh, stuff. But, sure, sure. but if anybody who, who is a, like the more thoughtful a person was, the more intellectual a person was, the more when they start to go to the right wing, they start reading, you know, uh, all these books to justify their position. So now if you talk to that person, you, you're not even agreeing on the basic facts of humanity, right? Exactly. exactly. Right, yeah, multicultural uh, societies don't work and we shouldn't encourage them. We should separate the right. 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 You know? it, it ends up becoming more refined, right? The further you go to the right, but like, but the, but the, the problem is that it, it, it necessarily, right. It always rests on the basic idea of a hierarchy. Always, always, right. always, 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 right? Like no matter how you try and spin it and justify it, right? Um, one of the, one of the new favorites I heard because right, the eugenics or not, I'm sorry, not the eugenics, but the uh, sort of, um, you know, genetic uh, inferiority argument is mm-hmm. it, it has been largely rejected and disposed of, and and it's just so plainly and obviously racist that it's hard to make the argument. But like, what like, but unless you're just a flat out racist, but like, if you don't think of yourself as that that way, um, so uh, now the argument becomes like, well, black culture is 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 the problem right so it's not that black people necessarily like if black right because right because then you can point to someone like i don't know colin powell or that right, other right. guy guy who looks like uh i don't know he's like he's a colonel something and he looks like he looks like a black cop in like every single movie every single black cop in every movie and he's got like the haircut anyway i don't remember what his name is I'll remember for next time. Anyway, but these, you point to those guys, the guys that are just like, you know, um, who just basically deny or do not really identify with blackness very, very closely. Like those are the black people we want, but black culture, right, right, is, right, right. is lazy. It's X, Y, and Z. And so, and, but again, but it always comes down to the same thing, this hierarchy that, right, that there needs to be people at the bottom who deserve to be there. And by the way, the police job is to make sure they are, that they stay there. Right. That's a huge right. part of the police's job. Right. Um, and that is always what it comes down to. And, and it's always intellectually dishonest, but it's just a question of whether, you know, it's a sophisticated, uh, a sort of intellectual dishonesty, or is it just like you say, just like unsophisticated, just like just blabbering, just racist ass things, you know? Right. And, and, and so and here's the other point that I uh, uh, realized one day when I was talking to one of these people 
And they were saying, you know, oh, they're inferior. They haven't invented anything by themselves. You know, they did, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, this hor- horrible shit, right? Yeah, uh, the, sure. It's absolutely, it's, it's demonstrably false, mm-hmm. okay? but they believe it. Obviously I'm, false. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, I'm going, okay, just for the sake of the argument, let's, let's just say that there, that, there, that there is something inferior about people of color, okay? Sure. If that were true, wouldn't it argue for having, spending more resources and giving more help <laughs> To those people, right? Because like, we have we have somebody who's you know who's who's handicapped or somebody who's who's mentally challenged, right? Exactly. We give them exactly. special education. We give them special treatment, you know. Uh, unless sure. they're a fascist, and then you just put them in the oven, you know. But right, yeah, but, yeah exactly, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what that's what it comes down to. Is you can you could you could take the same set of facts, you know, uh, if if you could if you could allow that there was a there was a a, a, a disparity between you know between races. Which isn't even a scientific sure. concept, yeah, but if what you allow that, that um, if, you're, if you're a liberal or a Democrat uh, uh, who believes in justice, you would have to argue for more resources, not less, and not better less. treatment, not worse. Right? right, and this and this gets to the ethics argument, right? Because I'm like, wait, because like, right, let's assume. At, let, let's assume that, like, again, we're assuming for the, for the sake of argument here that uh, people of color really are inferior, like, mentally or whatever, right? Culturally, mm-hmm. whatever. So, like, you know, if that's the argument, then, like, so, 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 so is your argument that, so, so it, it, your, your argument is obviously don't give them, give people more resources, right? Because you don't like affirmative action, right? You don't like welfare, even though welfare goes to more, more white people than black people, but whatever, like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't like any of these programs, right? Because you think they all go to black people. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so you're, and so, 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 so my question, my question to that conservative is, so is your, what is your argument? So like, what do you think we should do then? Like, is it that people should just like, Here's just the Here's you the uh, well, d- you know, die in the terms of like, deny them resources, deny them healthcare. Then the answer is yes. Right. The answer is yes. Right. That is, <laughs> and that's, and, and that, and that's fascism. That's fascism, right? Like that's just a couple of that, I mean, that's just right. The ovens are just like an extrapolation from that same concept. Right. right. They basically just get rid of them. You neglect know? is the same as the oven, really. You exactly. Know, you exactly. Widespread neglect where millions of people don't have health care, millions of people don't go to the doctor when they should, you know, all those things. That neglect kills them just as certainly as if you all rounded them up. It just takes longer. You know, it just takes longer. It just takes longer. Right. I mean, it, 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 right. I mean, and, and again, this gets the intellectual dishonesty that that you have to engage in if you are going to try and maintain these positions on the right. And we can start talking about libertarianism as well. Right. Well, absolutely. We, we need to talk about libertarianism. We need to talk about libertarianism. But like th- when this really first became evident to me, I mean, it started out, you know, 2010 with the Tea Party. OK, but really the 2012 um, debates, the 2012 debates. Right. When. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, some there was a I forget what debate this was, but um, one of the moderators asks asked you know what should happen you know what what should happen when you know somebody doesn't have uh, health care should we just let them die and you hear you hear multiple people in the audience calling out yes let them die right I have that recording it used to be the open on the open to my old show right was them going, let them die right and 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 that is this is when fascism really really came to America is the mm-hmm. moment when at a public debate, uh, people were openly willing to declare that those without health care should be allowed to die. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, and that's the really scary moment. And so, so that, that was only eight years ago. Um, but now we're to the point where, you know, you start talking to these, uh, the, the white supremacists, uh, uh, and they will say that there literally should be uh, a segregation, you know, a segregation. Yeah, absolutely. 
And what they mean when they say that, they literally mean, you know, having having people live in se- separate countries. Like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Here. Ethnic cleansing, you know, in, in, in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. how else do you accomplish it when you have a when you have a multicultural society like ours? It's already multi. It's not like it's not like going to become multi. It already is multicultural. So how do you exactly. get back to a white nationalist society? You have to deport or kill. That's the only. Those are the only two options. You know, and absolutely. And I think that's an important fact, right? Because every time any large group of people gets moved, yeah. that means it is an atrocity, right? The Trail of Tears is the most obvious example, but like, it, like in modern history, but 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 also, you know, it, during the during uh, during World War II, um, the Baton Mat uh, Death March uh, was another one where like a large group of American and Allied prisoners were moved, and I mean, the percentage of death on that walk is a astonishing astonishing right. and again these are the, and that's in in wartime but again um if you are talking about like ethnic nationalism uh and like de- deporting uh every person of color in america i mean like how do you think that looks and like and how do you think you think there's not gonna be resistance to that and and, and right and these people want that resistance in a lot of ways right because then that justifies um that justifies a lot that justifies crack killing crackdowns yeah uh, you know crackdowns and killings right. whatever it is and and so it's just yeah it, it, it's Ultimately, there's no way to get around the fact that if you don't take care of everyone, if you don't expand your 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 because to me, it's it's expanding a sense of culture. Right. Like, um, yes. um, who are we as Americans? And mm-hmm. and the, the white nationalists say it's whites, Christians, you know, whatever. Um, sure. Liberals say it's all of us strong sure. together. You know, the, 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 every slogan, every part of of, of the Democratic uh, Party and, and 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 liberalism says we must consider all Americans to be part of our family. Must take care of them. Like we are one family, you know, and that means that um, you know that that some of the people who, in the past, were left out, are now going to get preferences, and that's what brings exactly. you to affirmative action and all those things. Because like, right. how are we exactly. going to live together where we don't have these marginalized people who are living in their cars or on the street, you know, and, and, and one paycheck away from you know disaster? You, you, disaster. How do you accomplish that? And and the 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 right wing answer is. Get rid of it. Get rid of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and 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 the liberal answer is include everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's just there's almost no way. Like every discussion that takes place between right and left ultimately is 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 referencing that divide. Absolutely, absolutely. And and and, I, and I'd like to uh, sort of uh, go back kind of a little bit uh, to what we were talking about before, like, cause we, we've been talking a lot about like fascists and right wing nationalists and all that kind of stuff. But I, but I want to keep hit, I want to hit on this because it's easy then for people watching this or um, people that we talk to online, you and I all the time um, to say like, well, I'm not a Nazi, right? I'm not a fascist. Right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm on the right, but yeah. I'm not X, Y, and Z. And again, I think it's really important. I think to, 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 to highlight that, you know, like straight up fascism as we think about it is just an extrapolation of, uh, of it is just like the, the like that is just a, a little bit more of an extreme version of, uh, of, uh, of the right in this country right now. And certainly there are the, the actual right and white nationalists and the paramilitary guys and all that kind of stuff right now. But even the people who call themselves right, like sort of traditional conservatives, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. if you, if, if you take their reasoning to its logical conclusion, the answer is still the same, right? The answer still is that, that in 2012, the person at that debate said it out loud, but 
like, but that was always true, right? Right, like, right, because right. like, like, the answer to no healthcare for 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 everyone means people die unnecessarily while other people live right. in privilege. Like that right. is so. So so again, again, I just want to hit that point that like even that sort of quote moderate re- Republicans or the the the, the libertarians oh, yeah. like. It's just still essentially a death cult, right? You're essentially saying like, no, 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 you don't get this just because you're you're not us. That is the that is the the nub of the argument. All the entire right, and again, this ghost that that, that, that you're talking about. There's a lie, and that is that I, you don't hear it so much anymore because you know people are just are either Trumpers or they're not, you know. But the sure, lie sure, used sure. to be used to be somebody who would say they were fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Oh yes, oh, that yes. is the biggest lie in the world. Because if you want a tax cut, if you are saying if you're somebody who says I want to pay less taxes, what you're saying is that you that somehow the money that you would have paid in taxes is no longer going to be available, and a good portion of that money was spent to help people. Right. So um, and everybody goes, you know, everybody wants to pay less taxes. I get it. You know, they think, OK, that's my money. You're taking my money. You sure, know, sure. Uh, uh, but what they also don't realize is that most of the tax cuts that have happened have gone to the very wealthy. Right. Exactly. Middle class tax rates have stayed very, very close in somewhere between a 15 and 30 percent rate forever. I mean, they sure. really don't move. You know, and and whereas yeah. you're super wealthy, you know, you're, a lot of your income isn't, you, you know, you don't pay payroll taxes. You know, there's no Social Security from a, like somebody who's who's a stock trader mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, you know, so they're only paying capital gains and usually long term capital gains on their profits. So it's either 15 or 20 percent uh, that they're paying uh, in their, in, you know, on their income, whereas the middle class is paying somewhere around 30 ish. You know? Exactly. So For a lot, with a lot less money. Right. So the, the tax cutters cannot be socially liberal, right? Exactly. They, they may be socially liberal on saying things. I think you should be able to smoke pot. Uh, I think it was a classic example, right? Oh, I think uh, no pot rule. Abortion, yeah. right? Uh, if you want an abortion, have an abortion. Have an abortion, get gay married, you know, uh, not yeah, gay, whatever. Uh, live with three different women, you know, whatever, they, whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, but don't take any of my money. And again, like, you know, and, and, and or my favorite taxation is theft, which just like is just, oh, that's one of the ones, man. That just gets me. That just gets it, me. It gets the hell out of me, too. And that, that gets you back to the libertarians who say, well, I never signed a social contract, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you drive on the road. You drive on the road, don't you? And they're like, well, I yeah. pay taxes. What, what, yeah. what, what would, I, I guess the only way to make this clear to libertarians is to turn everything into a user fee, right? Right, right. Yep. User yep. Fee, you know, um, and, and then maybe they would understand how that would work. But uh, it, it's, it's, again, it's just more, it's more intellectual dishonesty that comes from this idea that, you know, somehow you can live in a civilization and have all of its protections and not have to pay for it. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, and it's always very, very telling that the libertarian, you know, who is a libertarian, right? The libertarian is a white, young to middle-aged man. That is it, right? Well off, relatively well off, right? Not wanting for much, right? Um, You know, that's always a libertarian because a libertarian thinks that he doesn't need, and I say he because he's almost always a he, 
And he yeah. thinks he doesn't, he doesn't need social services at all. And so since he doesn't need them, no one else should need them. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 and it's, and again, it's always this, this intellectual dishonesty of, of, um, and, and like, like packaged in, oh, but don't worry. I think everyone should be able to smoke pot. So I'm actually not a bad guy. Right. Right. Um, right, right. Well, and the, the very, the, the underlying premise of that argument uh, that you just absolutely cannot get away from is a misunderstanding of the concept of privilege, right? Because the, 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 the white libertarian, right, has, has, has grown up with privilege. They've grown up sure. bathed in public services that just kind of magically appeared <laughs> that they can rely on the police to protect them. And they'll all right. say, oh, well, I can't count on the police. You know, that takes, takes them half an hour to get to my house. And meanwhile, I've already been robbed. Well, how often have you been robbed? Exactly. It's, the, it's the black people in the black neighborhoods who are getting robbed and, and, and where there's a lot of violence that really need the protection. They can't get it. The right. white person can get it, but they don't need it. Need it. You know? Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> but, it's so true. But so there's no way to separate the, this, this concept. And, th- and that is why a lot of white people react so strongly and violently to the concept of privilege, because mm-hmm. it gives away, it collapses the entire libertarian game that says, you know, I'm, I'm on my own, you know, I, I don't need anybody. <laughs> um, yep. Once you recognize that that comes from a place of privilege and that your uh, independence comes at a cost to sure. society, you don't like seeing people sleeping on the street in their own filth, well then pay taxes. Right, exactly. That's just part of it. That's just part of it, right? And like, and, 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 and the idea that a civilization can function without I mean, taxes without a government um, um, is, 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 I mean, there is no real argument for that. And, uh, you know, and one of my favorites, I know it's not really fair, but, uh, but it's one of my favorite ones. Like, oh, you want to be liberated? Go to Somalia, go to Somalia, you know? Um, that's what happens when there's no government, right? Um, fiefdoms centrally appear, right? right? right. Um, and, right, and with private armies, yeah, right? I mean that, that 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 like mercenary army. That's what happens, right? So 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 like right. Uh, it's like it's every dystopia, like every dystopic movie out there, right? Every like end of the world scenario movie, like that's what happens when there's no yeah. one overarching sort of uh, power that once can that can overpower up, everyone else. Once you give up on a a government with a military under civilian control, right? That's the key to everything. Sure. Having having a government that controls uh, the police force and the military separately, very separate. Sure. You can't have the military enforcing on internal enforcement, right? right. You don't want to have that. Uh, I want that. <laughs> uh, but it all requires that um, accountable control of the power. And Absolutely. That, is, that leads us right back to our discussion about the police forces again. Yes, now we can get back to the police forces, which I think is an important one. So what do you think about uh, defund the police as a slogan? Wow. Wow. That I think, you know, I've had the, you know, this is a great topic. Um, and we, and we've talked a little bit about it already, but I, but I, um, I'm offline, but, um, but, you know, I, I, my initial reaction to it. So I was at a, uh, at a, uh, the only demonstration that I went to was here in Jersey city. I live in Jersey city, New Jersey. Um, and, um, you know, my wife and I and uh, several of our friends, we went down there. Everyone was wearing masks. It was great, great demonstration. But one of the things that the woman was saying, and she was 18 years old up there, like she was one of the speakers and she was absolutely phenomenal. It's a black woman. She's going to, I think, Morehouse in the fall. Oh, no, Howard in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
brilliant woman. Anyway, she's up there. She's talking. She's like, she's like, defund the police. And she was like, really? And, you know, and, and, and so like my initial reaction was just sort of like, man, like, you know, is that smart? Right. Like, is that, uh, is that, is that practical? And, uh, and, but the more I thought about it, um, you know, and I think you made this argument really well. And that is that, you know, that the right is going to depict us as wanting to disband the radical, 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 just just want anarchy. We just want the streets just ablaze, you know. And especially, especially want black and Latino thugs walking yeah. around your your neighborhood and and raping your lily white daughters, right? Like that is like the image that's the, that they're trying to evoke, right? And that's classic, classic tactic, right? This was like Jim, like thousands of black men were lynched on this exact premise, right? right. In the south right. and across this country. Um, so, so, so if they're going to do that anyway, why not just say what we mean? And then we're going to have to have a public opinion war, no matter what, right? Like, so, right. And, and, go ahead. yeah, so I, I think, um, a <clears throat> couple things, and that is that, um, I have literally had to wade through probably five dozen, uh, of my white friends or uh, friends of friends, you know, taking issue with this idea that we shouldn't be saying uh-huh. defund the police because it's a problem and, you know, and, and, and coming up then with alternative slogans that they think are better, sure, you sure, know, sure, 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 reform sure. or reframe or rebrand or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, they, they, they have some other thing that is short of defunding the police, right? Yes. And, and um, what I came to is I was thinking about the trajectory of the Black Lives Matter slogan which when it first came out, you know, created a huge reaction, huge reaction in everyone, you know, white people, uh, you know, black people were for it, obviously, uh, white people were like, didn't know, didn't quite know what to do with it. And then they came mm-hmm. all lives matter, blue lives matter, all these retorts to it. <laughs> it started out the survey, the public opinion survey on black lives matter five years ago was like 10 or 15 points underwater, right? Sure. Most Americans thought, didn't like the slogan, didn't agree with it, thought it was divisive and all these kind of things. It's now like plus 25 or plus 30. And the entire country, you look at the protests, mostly white faces are out there. You know, absolutely. I'm not saying, I mean, every black person is out there, but there's a lot of white people out there. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, and so, so you have the situation where now it's being painted on the streets of every American city, Black Lives absolutely. Matter, in letters that you can see from space. Yeah. Right? It's amazing. So, so it's amazing. And, and, and that's what happened to a slogan that started out 10 or 15 points underwater because it became clear that that was the essential truth of the situation, that black lives didn't matter, that they needed to be they needed to matter more. And, uh, you know, all of that. So so when you hear defund the police, it's like, yes, we have to explain it. But what I was saying to my to my white friends about this, I'm going, look, guys, you know, this was invented by the Black Lives Matter movement. They came up with the slogan. They started using it, and now all of a sudden everyone is saying it, right? And now you're going to come along and say, "Oh, we should have had a focus group. Oh, we should have be should have figured this out. We need to get a marketing guy in here. Let's get a marketing guy in here to figure out what the best slogan is." It's like, no, this is the slogan. This is the one that resonates, and it resonates because it pisses off the right wing. All right, exactly. If you're going to already deal with this trope that you're talking about about the the thuggish person of color, you're already dealing with that. That's already out there. Uh, and, and, and it's going to be already used against us, but from, from top to bottom of the right wing, uh, you know, uh, uh, a snarlocracy, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the insanosphere, whatever you want to call it. 
they're already saying all those things, right? So, so it is, it is best strategy wise for us to embrace it because it will be used against us anyway. Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, and I think what you also brought up a really great point the other day, and, and I sort of piggybacked on, on a post I, <clears throat> or I think it was in, in response to someone's, someone, a, a white, you know, progressive white person um, who's, who's concerned, you know, had these concerns. And, you know, and I, you know, without directly accusing her of white splaining, because I don't think that's where she was coming from, but like, I mean, but that, it really smacks. So, so, right. Cause so it's like, wait, so you're like, all right. So the black lives matter people are in their office, wherever the hell their office is, you know, and they're like, you know, and, and you, do you think they didn't think about that? You know what I mean? Like, do you really think yeah. they were like, you know, I'm not, again, they probably didn't, you know, focus group it like, and like, and have marketing people in, maybe they did, but whatever. But the point is a bunch of people that had been running a, like what has turned out to be a wildly successful, um, a wildly political successful organization. Yeah. The most, I mean, right? the most political, successful political organization of the last 10 years. Exactly. Know. Easily. So it's just yeah. like, all right. So these people were sitting around the table and you know, it, it, there was probably a lot of ideas, probably, right. you know, they, they probably brainstormed and right. they came up and they came up with the fund, the police. And, and so for, for now, for white folks to come swooping in and be like, no, 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 no. You don't know what you're talking about. Here is here. Is, let me, let me bring in my marketing folks. They're going to tell you what you should be saying. It, oh. it, it smacks of white splaining like one Oh one. Right. It is. And, and, it, and it gets actually back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. And that is um, the concern trolling. OK, concern trolling uh, yes. used tone policing, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. That has been used forever to shut down social justice movements of all so true. And it's also been used to shut down secularism, right? Anytime you criticize religion, people go, oh, you can't say that. You're alienating potential allies. There's so many religious oh, people out there. Oh, that you one. Know? Oh, that one drives me freaking nuts. But this is the same thing, right? <laughs> this is the same thing, right? Because basically what white people are saying is you don't want to say defund the police because you're alienating people who are on your side, right? Right, so yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It is, it, the conflict aversion, tone policing, and Boom. concern trolling are all of the same part of the same... Uh, you know, central force of so-called moderates that uh, Martin Luther King talked about, the white moderate being- Absolutely. So this is the like, this is it. This is exactly. of, the, of the white moderate, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, right. This is like right out of letters from Birmingham jail, right? The, yeah. Like, right, the, the white moderate who says, I agree with your, with your aims, but not your, the, but, but not your tactics, right? And, 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 right. and, uh, and, 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 what, and, 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 and it comes down to this whole idea of not wanting to be uncomfortable, right? And we talked about this earlier, like he, the, he was under, talk about being underwater, right? Talk about being underwater. And now, and by the way, I love this guy because he has stayed in perfect football shape for this entire time so that at any time he could be called into the NFL, just like that he could play right now, right? Yes. So I love that about him. I love that about him. And, and, and this guy, this guy is now, like we talked about this, he's going to be looked back on as a civil rights icon, right? That's and right. Like, and, 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 and people don't understand that that's what people thought about MLK also. It White did. America hated him. They right. hated so now, him. now all the conservatives have jumped on the bandwagon and saying, oh, MLK, we support him, but we don't support him. Oh, God, him. I know. But, you know, but, but, but. You know, the guy was murdered. Okay, he was yeah. stopped by a white literally star, murdered. You know, yeah. uh, and and you so you have that it, it, that Kaepernick had to be willing to lose his career to be vilified to the point of of uh, of losing the thing that was the most well, it actually wasn't the most valuable to him because if it had been, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have kneeled. You know, he wouldn't have done it. Exactly, exactly. He wouldn't have kneeled. He wouldn't have so, kneeled if it was that valuable to him. 
So, so, so he, he, the reason why he deserves to be a civil rights icon is because he clearly put social justice above his career. And that's absolutely stellar. That is stellar. I mean, the, the, those are real heroes, right? Like we talk about heroes in our lives and like and all this kind of stuff, but like, you know, that, like we talk about sacrifice and like the right, especially of course, loves to talk about the military. And, um, and, 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 and by the way, like I, I, like for, for all of you out there, I, I'm, I am not anti-military. I'm not a pacifist, right? You know, in fact, you know, like I, 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 I the use of force is important. I respect the military um, and what they do. Um, and in fact, I'm actually a student of military and military history, so I care about it a lot, um, especially the Vietnam War. But the but the uh, but like but you know but the those folks right the folks that go out there and fight like good for them that's important. But you know they're not sacrificing their careers right. Um, they're right. not they're not sacrificing their social their social standing right. Um, so right. like right and, and that is in some ways even more difficult. The warrior than, class, like, the warrior class in society, has always been held in a place of honor. Right. So absolutely. And they should. And they yeah. should. And, 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 you know, I think also uh, uh, without the warrior class in society, you know, uh, law enforcement. Right. There is no rule of law. Right. Exactly. And, and you can even look at the military in a properly constituted world if it was under the governments of the United Nations and, and, and properly uh, uh, handled, then militaries would also be law enforcement, because you're enforcing international exactly. law, you're enforcing mm -hmm. human rights and things like that, right? So exactly. ultimately, if we had a unitary government for the world, then all military action would be police action. Exactly. Accountable. Exactly. It would be accountable. So you can't be a pacifist and support the rule of law, because without Agreed. force to back the rule of law, I mean, Hobbes came up with this, you know, a long time ago, uh, you cannot have rule of law without, without the force to back it up. It just has to be- Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, like to, to think otherwise is to completely misunderstand, I think, human nature and, 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 and it under, misunderstand human nature in groups. I'd be like, you, like you just uh, like and this is the whole green part of the Green Party and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like and, 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 the, and the and sort of the hippy dippy type type stuff. Right. Like, like we'll just love everybody, et cetera. Like that sort of approach. Right. Uh, the, let's, let's go to Burning Man or whatever. Right. And they live in a commune. Yeah. Right. Like the like the problem with that is exactly this, is that like if you like if there isn't. And I think Obama. Well, all his faults. Uh, he, I think he understood this, and this is why I. This is why I, I, I'm okay with the drone program, right? Um, because um, you know, because he realized he realized that look, you need to like you can't just allow the world out there just to go and do what it wants to do. Like like you know, we like our, we have interests, right? And um, and again, like you know, like and 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 in a properly constituted military that is driven by justice, right? Um, that is that is uh, that is what we ought to be striving for and 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 working toward. And I think he understood that in a way that certainly not the neocons and you know, and they're like you know sort of colonialism. Well, he inherited. He Obama inherited wars. He inherited you know situations of conflict that he didn't create. And so now, as the president of the United States, he's he's required to do things that maintain you know balance of power, whatever whatever theory exactly. you're talking about in the world. You know, you've got to you've got to to, to you, you either deal with it now or you deal with a much worse problem later. And that's I think the calculation right. he was having to make in those drone strikes and everything else like that. Because back to your point about Burning Man, I mean, so Burning Man is this is a sort of idealistic you know hippie dippy mm -hmm. situation where everybody right. is, they're bringing their art in, they're having a good time. They're right. bartering. There's no money. You know, everybody's right, bartering, right, right, giving right. everything away. But what, look at what Burning Man is. Burning Man is protected by 
uh, you know, a nation that's the strongest, as the strongest military in the world, you know, uh, state police, you know, mm -hmm. who, are, who are there, who are actually, you know, going around and actually, you know, actively patrolling the site, yeah. you know, all of that could not exist. You could not have this idealistic communal experience without the force to back it up, much as a lot of people there, you know, hated the fact that cops were there, you know, you, imagine what would have happened if there was no force available. Exactly. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you know, you know, uh, you know, the, you know. There, there was a Woodstock two. Like there was two. Like in the nineties, it was the late nineties, maybe early two thousands. There was like another Woodstock, and, yeah. and I mean, and and with 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 very few. There was two of them, and and the second one devolved into absolute chaos. Right, and right. And, and presumably there were police there. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, to some to some extent, but that just puts things in perspective. Like you know, you can't just the classic example was Altamont, where they put the uh, they put the Hell's Angels in charge of security and a bunch of people yes. murdered, you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. You know. exactly. I mean, um, I, I don't remember how we got here, but yeah, but I mean, but I guess the rule of law question, I think, is, I think we keep hitting back on this sort of rule of law. Um, I think that's a theme that is sort of like sort of uh, sort of through everything we've talked about here um, and uh, that being we could be talked about it being actively undermined in the uh, uh, undermined by the current administration. And we've um, actively right and openly uh, brazenly um, uh, sort of uh, undermined. We've also talked about um, and in terms of and, and now in terms of uh, police brutality. Right. We are also now seeing the George Floyd incident and, of course, in the ensuing protests and the reaction of the, the violent reaction of the police to those protests, right? We are seeing that kind of breakdown in the rule of law. I think it's really important we talk about the police unions, right? Because um, they stand in the way of that, right? And this is, gets back to the defund the police question, which is like, this is why you have to kind of start from scratch, right? Because like, that's the only way to get around the police yeah. unions. You know, yeah. you look at Camden, right? Camden, Camden, New Jersey is a great, what was like one of like the shining example of this. Well, right. And, and so what, what, what essentially the, 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 the people who unconditionally support cops, the Blue Lives Matter folks, you know, mm -hmm. what they're telling us is that we have uh, two choices. We can either accept their protection uh, with all of its corruption and flaws and protecting bad cops, or we go without, you know. Right. So that's what they're trying to say. They're, they're giving us this false choice where mm -hmm. the, the, the third option, which is in the middle, which is you have accountable cops, Right. Under political control, who are not who are not uh, shooting people, you know, who are uh, conflict de-escalating, uh, sure. who, who are, are referring people to social workers or drug treatment rather than arresting them, you know, mm -hmm. who are, uh, you know, not going to shoot somebody in the back who's running away, you know, all these mm -hmm. things. That's the third option. And that's what defund the police means. I think that's what. Uh, Absolutely. Because what you're defunding is the bureaucracy that has protected mm -hmm the cops, you're putting it back in, you're giving the power back to the city council, the mayor, uh, to be able to actually uh, uh, keep these police forces in check. Absolutely, we're talking about accountability and we keep talking about this, right? We're talking about the, like basic accountability, right? And, 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 uh, uh, and, and you know, one of my favorites uh, is that you know, conservatives rail against unions, you know, like how corrupt they are and how they, they're bad for <laughs> progress and this kind of stuff. But like this union is well, like- it's the police union. It's a, it's, it's a caricature of a bad union, right? Like it, right. we're talking about like, this is like some Jimmy Hoffa type shit, right? Like, right, like, right. You know, like this is a, the, the quintessential thuggish union. And of course right. they just have this entire past. And again, it's because right. they're in, because they're in like the, right. They, it's a union that works for them. We talked about the earlier on, we talked about the hypocrisy, right? 
right. right? Like you hate unions unless the unions are actually like, you know, uh, brown shirts that keep their, to keep their, their, their boots on the neck of, uh, on the neck of, on, on people's necks. And this is another point to why defund the police is so important because you could actually get into a situation where if you are the mayor of the city council and you try to challenge the police union, they may be able to put up legal roadblocks you know, to, uh, because of agreements and contracts that were signed. Exactly. Say, you have to honor this contract. You know, you can't, uh, you can't change the contract. You can't, you know, we have the final say on police misconduct, right? And so exactly. de- by defunding the police, you create a new department of public safety. The, pub- the, the police union is no longer in charge of that. So you take yep. the police department, you bring its budget down to maybe 10%. You know, you have them writing, uh, I don't know, you have them writing, uh, uh, you know, doing... Uh, homicide investigations and, you know, whatever things that, that you want cops to do, uh, sure. but you leave, you, 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 you take that money transferred over into the public safety department where a lot of these calls that really shouldn't be handled with violence are able to be handled by a social worker or a, or a mental health professional or, uh, you know, something. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in these subjects, but I think that. But, but, but your point is a good one, right? Because, uh, and, and I, there's, there's a really great police chief um, that's almost like an oxymoron, but there's a really great police chief down in Dallas, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And black guy, interestingly, um, not that it's neither here nor there, but he is. Um, and, you know, and, and he, I, I heard him talk about this and, you know, he's a pretty progressive guy in terms of as far as police officers go. And he was talking about, you know, how the pro- one of the problems is, is that right, as, and this goes back to the taxes issue too, as social services have been defunded, mm-hmm. asked the police to fill in those gaps. So homeless people on the street is the most obvious example, one of the more obvious examples, right? Because a lot of these people have uh, mental illnesses. And, and I mean, actually most homeless people don't, but like the homeless people that you, the most visible ones that you see on the, literally on the street, right? Like <laughs> these are people with, these are people overwhelmingly with met with, with, uh, with, with, right. with psychological disorders, right? So, <clears throat> but the point is that like, if you start actually funding those things and let police actually do what police are supposed to do, maybe you start getting less and less of the fewer and fewer of these kinds of problems. And I think you can then shrink departments, right? And you can need, you can have detectives, right? Who go out and literally solve crimes, right? Maybe right. you get more of those people. So actually more crimes actually get solved because they don't usually, right? Um, and also you get, and also you like police officers are, are trained, you know, like if you are trained in violence, which is they are, right? Like, right, like, right, that is their, that is their solution to conflict. That's how they are trained, right? Is violence. And to them, every, like every, if you're a hammer nail analogy, right? Like every situation looks like, um, looks like a situation that should resolve, be resolved with violence. Um, and so um, we shouldn't be so surprised that this is the outcome when we, we train these people to do that and then put them in situations that do not actually require violence, you know? Right. Well, and there's also a cost uh, issue. And this is, um, we're getting close, I think, to the end of our, of our I think we've been sure. going for an hour now. But uh, 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 I just want to bring up one more thing about what mm-hmm. they did in Utah. And I think there's been a couple of other conservative states that have actually found that it was cheaper to give homeless people homes than it was to pay for the public services necessary to constantly arrest them, constantly right. running and taking them to the hospital, the medical right. bills, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, and, and, the, and also the, the, the drug problems that got worse, you know, all these things that happen with, with, you know, when you have uh, destitution in your community are expensive. 
They're, they're, exactly. they're extremely expensive. So if you take some of this money from policing, which is reactive, right? Sure. And you sure. put it into proactive programs that actually, you know, but then you run smack dab into what you're talking, what you always talk about, the just world fallacy. That, yeah. Uh, and that's what prevents, you know, what because when people think that, well, you're always going to have the destitute. You're always going to have the poor. They're poor or destitute because they couldn't compete. And that's the way the world should be. So if you believe that, then you then you then you're then you're only too willing to put your money into reactive programs. But if you believe Absolutely. that the world should be a flatter hierarchy, that there should be, you know, some sort of social justice, that everybody has a right to, you know, basic food and shelter, then you're willing to put more money into uh, you know, into into that. And I th- I think so. You know, and it's just so funny how the most the biggest flashpoints um, of of right left uh, in the past you know a couple of decades have really been things like healthcare and policing, and that Absolutely. is because they distill down these issues of who gets what in society. Exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, it ends up becoming these issues of distribution, right? Um, and, you know, and, and it's called liberty to be able to hoard everything for yourself, right? It's because it's called liberty or whatever. Um, and, uh, and and not having to uh, invest in your community is called liberty. Um, um, although conservatives are obviously are very, very good in their very small communities, right? They're actually usually more giving within their little tribe. Do their tribe outside of that tribe. It's about expanding the tribe. It's about, again, exactly. what I said about we have to embrace all of our citizens within the, the nation as part of our family. And that's exactly. really the difference between conservatives and liberals. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and this gets back to down right down to human nature. Right. Like we we, we you know, right. Uh, traditionally, uh, and, and I'll shut up after this, but traditionally, right. Um, you, you have uh, small hunter gatherer bands, right? Everyone that wasn't in your band literally was not considered a human being, right? Like it was right, like, right, like that is how we grew up, right? That is how our brains developed. We developed in that environment. And so the key, and I, and I believe this to my heart is to, is to expand that tribe. So that, like you say, really, so, and and that means recognizing commonalities, right? And, 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 privilege. Privilege. Exactly. 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 And 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 uh, you know, and religion's a big far part of this too. But that's not that's for a topic for another day. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Christoph. I think uh, you know, let's do this again real soon. You've been listening to the Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel.